Hello, welcome back to another edition of the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. I am your host, as always, the mouth of Michigan, Rob Medica. With me, as always, my co-host, the Merc Zone, Mike Merkel. I'm here. Mike, we got a lot of stuff to go over today, buddy. We got uh, AEW's um, Grand Slam event to kind of, you know, nitpick at a little bit. We got some news coming out of AEW this week as well as about a new championship. We're going to be talking some NFL news, going to be talking some Tigers, Um we got a lot of stuff to go on today, um, but first, before we kind of get into anything, we just want to remind you guys once again that the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast has an official energy drink uh, flavor, Motor City Blue Raspberry. Please go to swiftlifestyles.com. Uh, you can find the affiliate link uh, in the description uh, on our website, I'm Always Right PC, uh, and use our code Always Right for 15% off. So go ahead, go there, um, buy, the, buy the official I'm always right. Sports podcast, energy drink. It's a great flavor. Uh, I've got some at the house myself. Um, you know, and if you want to support the show, it's the best way to do it. But um, all right, enough shilling out for for monies. Let's just jump right in here, though, Mike. Um, AEW Grand Slam. I think we should visit that first. It's kind of the big things coming out of the out of the wrestling world right now. Mm-hmm. Um, thoughts on the show overall? We're not going to go one match by match because I don't I don't think it wasn't a pay per view, so we're not going to do that. Obviously, we're going to review Extreme Rules next week. But um, thoughts on this show? Both you know the Dynamite show I think was ruined for a little bit of people because they did spoilers, which you know obviously. But like. Thoughts on the on the tent pole matches that we were really looking forward to seeing. Did, did you think they delivered? The ratings don't really show that, mm-hmm. you know. But as we've discussed many times in the show, I don't really care about the ratings. It's either a good product or it's not. I don't yeah. really care how many people are watching. But um, you know, thoughts on on the on the big matches, right? That we kind of won in going and saying, all right, this this could be something. Do you think it delivered for you, or did it fall a little bit flat? Where, where are you at on this? Because yeah. I've heard some. Differing opinions online, especially where people go, well, he only did a 1.29, so clearly, you know, Brian and Kenny wasn't good, or it was just okay, blah blah blah. Like, yeah. where you at? Um, no, I thought I thought everything relatively uh, hit on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would just say first off, like the crowd. Oh I my think gosh, was yeah, so much. Yeah. they with, were ready. Like they were ready. They wanted this, and you could really tell that they wanted this. Yeah. Um, but I think like the highlight was. Easily, uh, Brian Daniel. Oh God! Thank God they have his name right on here. Uh, Brian Not Danielson. Daniel Bryan. Yeah, they don't have Daniel Bryan on here because I'd say it wrong every time. Uh, <laughs> Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega yep. went to a time limit draw. I think everyone and their mom knew this was going to go to a time limit draw. If you listen to last week's show, you knew that was kind of what we had penciled in. Yeah, um, but I think it was like the right choice. Um, they didn't do it the way I thought they nope. were going to yep. they kind of like were just like in the middle of a 60 minute match it felt like and they just like they're like time 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 that's all the time we got like we yeah can't it do was this weird how they kind of wrapped it up because like <clears throat> they were like they were still like they were both standing and they yeah. were like punching each other when yeah. the time left right. it wasn't one of those like i'm crawling to get you yeah one no two segment yeah, yeah right, or whatever yeah. like there was like nothing like that where it was about to be over but they just ran out of time <laughs> um it was really like yeah. Just like it, it, it looked like it meant to go forty five minutes, absolutely. But they just cut it short. Um, yeah, which is great because they're just gonna slowly build up and set up for the match at Full Gear in, mm-hmm. in November, which will be yep. a phenomenal time. Um, but outside of that, um, you had hit or misses. I think after that, I think uh, you know you have Darby Allen and Sting versus FTR. I think like really delivered. I want to um, give Sting some more credit, and and we've done this on the show before where we've talked about Sting and how impressed we have been with him in AEW, right? But I, I do think it bears a, a you know repeating. He's sixty, mm-hmm. okay, 60, sixty. I think he's sixty-two. 62. That is insane to me. Right, that he is doing the things that he is doing at this level. Right, he's not embarrassing himself. He's not out of shape. He looks good. They're protecting. Like obviously, he just goes in, he does his stuff, and he's out. But like, it goes to show you the level of talent that a team like FTR has to make him look as good. Like, look at the teams that he's faced. Right, Sting has faced too. He faced Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. Right, and they faced FTR. Right, I think that's been his two real matches so far, Mm -hmm. and. Both of those teams are so good, and they made Sting look amazing. And like, and, and I mean, the fact that he's out there doing what he's doing is just straight up phenomenal. I'm sorry, I know some people are like, I don't get it. I don't know why he's doing that because. But at the end of the day, Sting is a name. He is a legend. He's a Hall of Famer. Whatever you want to go with, but 
He looks fantastic. And this is the way, if you're going to use Legends in this capacity, he's out there every single week, but he's when he is in physical action, he looks good. He doesn't look slow. He doesn't look unathletic. He doesn't look like he's, oh, God, I can't believe they're putting him out there. He looks good. And so that's a credit to AEW because I think we've seen in the past in other promotions where you go, uh, why are they having yeah, this, <laughs> you know, guy this guy out here? Like, why is this a thing? Not at all the case with Sting. So I think Sting, I think that match delivered. FTR is criminally, I still think to this day, underrated. Yeah, I it's really, insane. I really do. Like, like, it's insane. They had a great match with Kenny oh, and Hangman. Yep. They had a great match with the Bucks at full gear. Yep. And it, you're still like, like, still underrated. Yeah. After I mean, having two, like, even easy five-star matches. Their WWE run, like, American Alpha stuff was really, really good. Yeah. The, stuff with the uh, Usos was good. Stuff with New Day was good. Like, every time they were in a match of, of any sort of significance, I just felt like it was okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just, man, I'm trying to think of, like, other tag teams. But, yeah. But, no, like, I agree just with in you. General, I just like, if, if they have ten minutes, yeah, you're going to get a solid. I just, you know, it's one of those things where... You just and it, that's the crazy thing about WWE too is yeah. when you look at and you look at some of these guys who like go from WWE AEW and see like like you you look at the FTR WWE main roster run right and you're like where where was right. this I mean that's funny it's like there were multiple time tag champs but you never felt like you never felt really like they the were champs. yeah yeah it was weird like they would always be chance for like two weeks yeah felt like and yeah. lost them or right. whatever but I was like you have that talent and yeah. you weren't like using it right yeah, and I it's know. like kind of wild to think about the, they had some just phenomenal I mean them against Gargano and uh, Champa. Champa that was, was what I was thinking. I couldn't think of their name. Phenomenal yeah, stuff. Yeah, stuff. I just you know once again bears repeating. They're fantastic, and anytime that they're in a match, you just kind of go, all right, well, I'm gonna sit down and yeah. just appreciate yeah. it. Also, I also good. thoroughly enjoyed uh, Britt Baker and uh, Ruby Soho. I yep. thought they did a really good job too. Yep. Um, Considering that they did a follow everything to end the night, yeah. I think it was really. It just goes to show you too. Britt Baker is phenomenal. Oba. Yeah. Yeah, she she does some great stuff. Absolutely. Um, yep. The one I think the one disappointment from Dynamite was yep. probably because like well I'm skipping over MJF and Brian Pillman. We knew that was we, we knew what we that was. And I and I put it over last week pretty hard by the way, but how they got there. So yeah, um, the Cody Malachi Black I'm very into. Yeah, but I don't think they hit it on all the marks. Yeah, I was a little but they're definitely setting up for later stuff, which I'll be pumped for. Yeah, um, I, I'm really just waiting for that like either pay-per-view or just mm-hmm. a bigger event thing where they give them like 25 minutes and they just tell a yeah. crazy heel face story thing. Um, that's like what I'm really waiting for, but they haven't really done it. Cause the first one was just like a, a beat down. Yeah. And the second one was kind of also a beat yeah. down for the most part. Like Cody really hasn't felt like they out. needed more time. They didn't yeah. have enough time for this for whatever reason. Um, this, this, what I felt like this, this should have been on rampage and they should have moved yeah. one of the eight man tags yeah. or, or whatever yeah. to, to yep. dynamite, so they could have Correct. had that as like a marquee rampage match yep, for sure. Yeah, I thought it was. Yeah, I, I think that was the match that missed the mark for me. If you're gonna go that route, right? We still haven't seen fully what Malachi Black can do either. Yeah. Like I'm really waiting, like you said, for that 20 minute banger. Yeah. Like let's well, cause go. Because like, because you know, like from Cody's past experiences yeah. with like good heels, like yeah. he he can tell that like underdog, mm-hmm. like he's getting his butt kicked, but yeah. he like comes up from the ashes and wins. Kind of like he tells that story. Literally every single time he's in a story with someone. Yeah. But um, with Malachi, I think it's going to be phenomenal once it happens. Yeah. But like the first two times, he's just gotten beaten up, and it's kind of weird to see because normally like Brody Lee, yeah, beat his beat him up yeah. in like two minutes or right. whatever. But then he takes a month off and he's like, okay, now I have a game plan yeah. of how I'm going to beat you, and then he beats you. This one so far, it's been like you're over two. You just get your butt kicked twice. So it's like, it is, he hasn't found that formula. Yet, I guess it is bare. Uh, it's worth noting at least too, that Cody got booed pretty heavily in yeah. this, in this show. Um, I don't know necessarily if that's just a New York thing. And they were just so behind Malachi where they didn't want to see what you're talking about. They didn't want to see Cody make this triumphant yeah. return and beat him. So it's, I just want to, you know, that's something to put a seed in people's minds of like, kind of pay attention to that. Right. Cause yeah. You know, I think we're both in agreement. We don't really want to see Cody turn. I don't no, think it benefits him at all right now. Um, but it is something to kind of keep an eye on for mm-hmm. sure. What about Rampage? What do you think about Rampage? Rampage was harder to to really, I think, like get invested in, yeah. right? Because you saw spoilers immediately pop up two yeah. hours later, right? So like, yeah, Rampage was. I, it's like hard to say the lesser show, but I feel like they didn't have I as think many. It was. Like, I think it, you can say well, that. it, it is fair. the lesser show yeah. to be fair, but I just feel like they had as many. They had like an eight man tag, mm-hmm. they had two six man tags, yep. and then they had like CM Punk on the show. Right. So I was like, you don't, ha- you don't have like 
uh, they don't have like a championship match. No stakes. They don't have no, no stakes. real stakes. It was yep. just like a whole bunch of like feud matches that yep. were put together mm-hmm. to make a good show. Now, yep. obviously, the Super Click versus Christian and Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus mm. is everything I wanted it to be and more. It's just some yeah. phenomenal stuff that I they do. I love Adam Cole so much. He's the best. <laughs> I do. He's just so like. There's just certain guys where you walk in and he, and he, like you just like you just like immediately like. Yep, he's the best. He's awesome. Yeah. Like when when Roman comes in on Raw and you're like, it's such a different aura for me when he walks in. You go, he's clearly the best. That's that's what I feel when the Bucks come out every yeah. time. As I go, they just have that aura that yeah. like they're just like these nasty heels. I'm like they're just so good. It just it just feels huge. like there's times where you see certain p- talents walk out or like a match. Like I yeah. thought I th- I felt that with the Bucks and Lucha Bros. Rewalked in, and you just go, if you know nothing about what's going on. Yeah. And you're just a cat, like your buddy Josh, right? Yeah. Who's kind of finally catching the bug a little bit. So yeah. welcome to the train. Like, you can walk in and you just feel like, if nothing else, you're like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't even know who these people are. But I feel like this match, this thing that I'm about to watch is going to be special. Yeah. You know what I mean? You just have that with certain guys. Yeah. Where you're just like, and you, and you felt Whoa. that during like Kenny and Daniel Bryan or Absolutely. whatever. As soon as like, you walked out. Yeah. They like, walked oh, out. Boy. The bell rang. You yep. had everyone cheering. And even if it was the first time ever watching yep. AEW you're and like, you didn't know who Kenny Omega was or anything, yeah. you were like, okay, so this is going to be like yeah. a blockbuster. Cause right. everyone, Everybody's all 20,000 minds. Yeah. 20,000 people yeah. are screaming and you know, what's up. I mean, yeah. Um, First eight minutes, they didn't do anything. And people are like, Oh my God, this is so great. awesome. Yeah. It's like, Oh my gosh. It's like, I, even me, I'm sitting there. I'm like, I, it, it takes away from the match a little bit, honestly, yeah. cause you're just watching. I'm like, Oh my gosh, this crowd is just yeah. losing On their fire. minds. Right. And even Brian is sitting there. He's smiling. Cause he's like, yeah. this is crazy yeah he's was, like yeah. he's like i could not imagine very like, very good um yeah i thought i thought the show i thought they delivered on like the grand slam premise right you know yeah. what i mean i thought they really came in um some of the other news and notes coming out of that show though so first one AEW's basically confirmed i think they've confirmed at this point right that there is going to be a tbs championship for yeah the i've heard a few things some yeah. will say yes yeah but. um so it's going to be a secondary women's championship called the tbs title similar i'm guessing in vain to the tnt championship for the guys yeah. um as we know or i'm assuming that they have announced this that dynamite is going to be moving to tbs in 2022 yeah like so, early january yeah so rampage is staying on tnt uh and then Dynamite's moving to TBS. Not all that, really, that difference. All Turner at the end of the day. Um, thoughts on the women getting a secondary singles championship? Not a tag, but a singles championship. I, see, if you told me, okay, the women are going to get another championship, mm-hmm. i much prefer it be a singles title. Yes, to the I would tag. agree with that. Yes. So, because I think it would be great to have... Britt Baker as the world title, yes. and then have people like Ruby Soho uh-huh. or uh, yep. Velvet. What's her name? Vel- Velvet, not Velvet Sky. I feel like that's not right. Red Velvet. Um, or Red Velvet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. like yeah. someone like that. Oh, like hold, Chris like, Statlander. Chris Statlander. Yeah. You have yep. a whole bunch of like Penelope Ford. Like we'll just all get these all the women more t- time to be on TV. Yeah. Because as we mentioned last week, right? It was like, okay, you're the champion and then you're the challenger. Once you're the challenger and you lose, you're off TV. Yeah. You're on dark. But, but yeah, but, the, but you, you have know, multiple opportunities person. now to get women right. on. So I'm totally cool. And you don't need to have like on the pay-per-views if you want to, if you want to make like the TBS more of like a, yeah. a week to week challenge <laughs> thing. And then, Okay, now the big one, the women's title, yep. is the one that's on like the pay per views. Yeah. That would be awesome. There's just for me. so many women that are under you. Like once again, when's the last time you've seen Nakara Shida on TV? Yeah, since he lost, since she lost the title, yeah, ain't seen it much, right? Yeah. So I do think it's a good way to get more women on your television screen because I do think they have a. I don't want to say it's a deep women's division necessarily, but I think they have enough women to to. You've got enough young talent that is still growing and learning. Mm-hmm. You know, like Jade Cargill is a star, yeah. but she's not ready to be AEW World Champion yet. Yeah. She's just not. It's she's not. The character's not there, and ring work's not there. But could she be the TBS champion? Absolutely. Yeah, and exactly. could she work with people like Ruby Soho and Chris Statlander who will make her better? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. And that's the purpose of it at the end of the day. Other news, though, the Bucks coming in and saying we want Trios titles and their Twitter handle. Me and you have been very, very pushing for Trios championships. Um, I was hoping they were just going to say something on Dynamite about it. And then I was yeah. like, new title, TV. I was like, oh. <laughs> I got really excited for a second. Yeah. Um, with the with the with the premise of the trios championships though, I mean, 
Do you think after the, if if they go trio because I think they're going to wind up debuting trios championships? Are are you good at that point? Like are are we we're, yes. we're gonna like like pump the brakes at that point? Yeah, or, no. And introduce the TBS women's trios tag yep. for men's, mm-hmm. and I think we are good. Yeah. on championships for a, a good while. Yeah, I would agree. Because with you. I don't think you also need a secondary secondary no. singles title for the men's. Nope. Like I think you're good with world title. TNT title, tag title, trios title, and then the two women's. Mm-hmm. I think that's enough titles to go around, at least for now. Yeah. Until if you want to ever expand and grow. The your only way that we need out, more but... championships is if they if they had to do if they if their roster got so big where you did a brand split like WWE. WWE's yeah. got so many more people. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean to yeah, get exactly. on television than AEW yeah, they... does. So they need those extra championships to kind of be like, all right. Yeah, we can have but like the, the trios, I think would be a lot of fun because you could just it, it, it's more the trios have always felt like to me as like a fun title. Yeah, it's never it's never like a like a prestigious like oh, I'm the world or I'm a tag champ. Yeah, but the trios is always like you're just gonna get really good matches and it's like a fun title well, to you have. You get and you too right if you're looking at it from a fan perspective now from a business perspective it's a lot more expensive because you got to pay six guys right rather than two or four right. Yeah. But from a fan perspective, okay, now we've got. Any faction, any collaboration of three guys can be the trios champs, right? You've got those super teams that you could do, right, with the trios titles. And and to your point, right, it's, yeah, they're the trios tag champs. Okay, it's a big moment, right? Title changes can happen more frequently, right? And then, but at the same time, all right, you know, so if Cole and the Bucks win the trios titles and then they drop into Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy and Christian Cage or whatever, right, you yeah. go, all right, that was cool. Well, what are they going to go do? And it's an easy way to put young talent in marquee matches yeah. with championships to give him an accolade and say, hey, he's a former three-time six-man yeah. tag champ over there, right? Yeah, exactly. Give those guys, like a Jungle Boy, big wins mm-hmm. while not investing a major singles championship or the tag know, titles yeah. into them when they're not ready. Yeah. So Yeah, have yeah. like Dante Martin win the six-mans yes, and stuff like exactly. that. exactly. Having those guys. young guys in there, right? Yeah. I think it's perfect for them, you know? For factions, too, I think it really helps. Like, Ring of Honor, early on when they did the six-mans, did a really nice job of that. You know, mm-hmm. you had the kingdom with Matt Taven and Vinny Marcellia and uh, TK Orion in there. You had super teams like Bully Ray and the Briscoes as tag champs. You had Dalton Castle and the Bull. Like, you had yeah. specific where you go, that makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. And, it, and it gives those titles credibility. And I think that they have so many factions in AEW now where the six-man tag titles – could be a lot of fun, a yeah, lot of could. fun, and and you know more frequent title changes, I think would help overall because yeah. that way you don't feel like you're constantly watching the same matches, like yeah. the same champions over and over and over and, again. And to mm-hmm. me, from a booking standpoint, I feel like booking your pay per views mm-hmm. become even that much easier. Oh yeah, because if you look through, matches, you go there, you go, yeah, you go, <laughs> you you already have five, you have your world title, your women's world title, your TNT, yep. your tag, and your six mans. Yep. That's five matches. Yep. Give me, you know, a CM Punk versus somebody match, yep. and then give you uh, either a Daniel Bryan versus someone, or just another like Cody and Malachi Black kind yep. of story match. Yep. You have seven matches that everyone's invested in to a relatively certain extent for yep. each one. Absolutely. Whether whether you're there's super, stakes and there's everything stakes, we're watching. There's stakes 100%. to everything, and everything's fun. Right. So I think it just adds. Yep. To everything, and you get more people yep. on the show, and it, I think it just adds to everything. Right, and then once again, from a business perspective, right, you you know sell replicas and all that. Like it, it all, it's all downhill, right? Yeah. And it's everything you do when you add a new championship. It's all about just it's it's one more thing, right? It's more stakes. It's it's some it's a reason for you to watch, right? Yeah. And I have always been a proponent of that tournament style crowning new champions, right? When the TNT title tournament was happening, I was invested. I was like, yep, yep. let's go. I'm ready. Let's because every match now for in that tournament is going to be balls to the wall. And you knew that they were, they're fighting for something. And at yeah. the end of the day, all wrestling is, is about getting heat and heat is a want. Heat is a, I just watched a great seminar. I'm going to send it to you, Mike, actually by Al snow, who did, who did like this training seminar. Um, and he basically said, Heat is a want, right? It's that thing as an example of, I have something. Hey, Mike, do you want this? And then I pull it away and you go, dang it, I want mm. it. Hey, do you want this? And then pull it away, right? That's all it is at the end of the day. So it's it's very much uh, an object for that, right? So it's going to be interesting for sure. Um, all right, let's shift focus here. Let's talk Tigers here. We're wrapping up the end of the uh, the Major League season for your Detroit Tigers. You okay? You, you look confused. No, I'm... You all right? Just Let's, keep going. Okay. All nothing right. important. Nothing, right. nothing important that this podcast oh, will relate to. Okay. All right. You look like, I was like, what happened? Did Justin Herbert fall off a plane? What happened? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, no. So, you know, 
went to the Tigers game a couple days ago, actually. Uh, great seats. Thanks, Pops. But, uh, you know, this Tigers team, as of this recording, you're 75 and 79. You're flirting with it. You're, you're pretty close to being second in the AL Central. You're a game behind Cleveland uh, in the AL Central right now. Now, you're still like 12 games back at the wild card. So, we're not going to see them, um, you know, in, in the playoff hunt by any means. But... I do think it is it is at least noteworthy to see a major amount of progress made in this rebuild for this Detroit Tigers team. When you think about it, when A.J. Hinch was hired, okay, it was like, all right, maybe we finally got the right guy. We had a couple years under Garden hire where he was really just – his whole job was to develop young talent. Um, but now I think you're kind of seeing the fruits of that labor a little bit, especially in the pitching game. Um, you're seeing guys like Candelario, I think at one point, I don't know if he still is leading the league in doubles at one point, Mm -hmm. you know, Cabrera is what he is, but I think he looks healthy more than, more than normal. I think he had four RBIs, uh, yesterday, which is, which is huge. Right. So I, I think that you're starting to see some foundational pieces really start to come up here. Uh, for this Tigers team. I think they found the right guy in A.J. Hinch, hopefully, and I hope he sticks around long-term. We've already kind of heard the rumblings by ownership and by Alvila that they're going to maybe possibly start to open the pocketbook a little bit, right, and start to actually, you know, I don't know, bring good people here. Um, so, like, it, it's it's I think there is a, a sense of optimism around this Detroit Tigers team that I don't think we've had for quite a few years now, basically mm-hmm. since, you know, Leland retired really you know talk to me where you're at Mike about this Tigers team just an overview of what you've seen this year like I said the fact they're flirting with 500 after starting eight and 26 yeah it's pretty damn impressive mm-hmm. yeah no this Tiger team is actually relatively fun to watch yeah um right. I think I think they're gonna be the equivalent of what the Pistons will be if you're a basketball fan mm-hmm. or like they're not gonna be very good they're nope. definitely gonna be under 500 yeah. depending on how many games under 500 right. is depending on your taste of basketball um <laughs> But I think you'll want to watch a lot of the games because you either have one young talent or two, you just want to see how the team gels together. Right. Because I think a lot of the pieces that are on the Tigers right now right. are generally going to be here yep. when they're good. Right. And like They've it got Jonathan, like a year Jonathan Scope got re- re-signed, right? You think you have something in Eric Haas. Yeah. You've got Reyes. And you've got, you still got those Riley Greens and the and Torkelsons. And you have like waiting. a Kiel Badu sitting yep. there, and he's he's really good. Yep. Casey Mize is probably going to be your ace pitcher for the next mm-hmm. X amount of years, yep. depending on how long you got. So. Um, you have so much there, and it's, yep. so I, I'm. It's very exciting to watch game by game. Now, uh, baseball's hard for me because there's 162 yeah, of no, them, I, so it's tough to like. I won't get lie to you. On. I don't watch Tigers every single day. Are you kidding? I couldn't do it. There's yeah, no way. But like casually when they're on, yeah, and it's like oh Thursday night. I can't say Thursday night. Yeah. Like we'll say Tuesday night because <laughs> football's on. Uh, if there's like a Tuesday night. And there's not much on throwing yeah. the Tigers game on. It's yeah. not like, oh, this team's so awful. They're losing 6-0. Like, right. they're actually competing and look competitive yeah. against some of the better teams. I actually, I saw a stat, and I don't know if it's true yeah. anymore. I think they were like 35-32 and 32 against winning teams. Yes, they were. That's or something 100%. like that. Yeah, they, are, like they, they had have over a, 500 they have a winning percentage. They have a above 500 winning percentage against teams that also have a fi- above 500, 500 record, yeah. which is like something that I feel good they about. They have a winning record at home this year, Yeah, which, which is, is crazy. Just, yeah, and that, that's something that's good to see because it's not like, <laughs> yeah. oh, if you're yeah. 75 and 79 and, beating up on the Royals and you're week, beating yeah. up yeah, on the Royals or like the yeah. Orioles or whatever, mm-hmm. and then you're playing the good teams and you're like 10 and 50 against those teams, I'd be like, okay, that's different. But having a winning record against winning teams it shows yeah, us absolutely. that you you have at least something there. No, for sure. And I, like I said, I just think that there is a you're like okay, like finally we're starting to see some of the fruits of being patient and being awful for that. Like, like five yeah, years. exactly. Where you're just like, man, it just doesn't feel like this is ever gonna. And in the beginning of the season, you kind of felt the same way, where you're like, holy crap, like what is ha- like we're not making any progress, right? So I don't necessarily know how safe Alavila's job is. I think he's gonna get at least one more offseason crack at it. But they finished the season. At 500, there's less than 10 games left at this point. So I don't know. They're four games back. I don't know if they're going to be able to do that necessarily. But if they're close, which they will be, and they're at, you know, 78 and 83 or whatever, yeah. the, you know, whatever the case is, I, you know, and if they go out and they open up the pocketbook a little bit, I do think that the expectation will be to be competing for a wild card spot. Yeah. If, if, if this is the trajectory that they've on and mm-hmm. they open up and they go sign some people. Not I'm yeah. not talking about minor, like, all right, we're going to go sign this guy to play shortstop for a year. Not that. I'm talking about going to making a legitimate investment and finding some people to come in here and help you win baseball games. Yeah. Then 
and you and you and you take a step back, or whatever. I think it's probably where you might see yeah, a change. Yeah, and there. I think I think early next year is going to be very interesting, interesting. to watch because 100%. I think I think because spring training will be yeah because you're five games under five hundred, but you start eight and twenty six. It's like in the <laughs> it's like in the NBA. It's like okay, if you start off three and thirteen, yeah. it's just like almost impossible to catch yeah. back up to like beat yeah. that. You're like, never going to go on a never... fifteen game win streak to get a buffer above five hundred. Yeah, exactly. It's, not it's never happening. Yeah. but to start off the season zero and zero to see what we had to end the year, mm-hmm. if you go in and set eight. 26 you're even 14 and yeah. 20 or something right that's you're just going, so much okay. better to yeah. start the year to start going i'm not going to say they're going to come out and go 26 and 8 or no, anything but no. like to say you're closer to 500 the, all the way through right. where you I can, think you yeah. can kind of push over the edge Absolutely. near the end no yeah they were, they were they were stymied so much i mean i think at one point the this is a couple months this is a month or two now ago but at one point they like the eighth best record in baseball after the All Star break, yeah, like they were really kind of coming into their own, and I, you can see some of the things they've been super aggressive on the base pass. Like AJ yeah. Hinch is like, I'll take an out if you're trying to stretch a double into a triple, if it if it makes sense, yes. right? If we're going to be aggressive, we're, we have to score more runs. We yeah. have to put ourselves in position, right? The pitching is there. I really want to see Riley Green and Torkelson. Obviously, you're probably not going to see it this year because at this point it's kind of wrapped up, but like. I want to see them have a legitimate chance in spring training, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm hoping, honestly, you just kind of go, listen, this is your guy, blah, 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 let's go. Yeah. Right. Get him in here sooner rather than later. I yeah. don't want to sign a veteran at a spot where Torkelson's going to play in the infield just to delay that. Yeah. Like, let's my, go. My only worry for baseball yeah. is specifically is – I'm not really worried about it for pitching with Riley Green, yeah. but for Torkelson, if, if he's not – and now he's been hitting really, really well, mm-hmm. so I don't think it's going to be a problem. Yeah. But if he goes to the majors and he slumps early, yeah. then it's going to like his confidence level goes down. Yeah. It's going to be hard for him to like yeah. swing back into it because once he goes to them, like once right. he's on the Tigers, it's going to be really hard to go. You need to go to AAA for a little bit and then yeah. come back up. Like once he's there, he's going to be there right. probably. Yeah. And so you need to make sure that he is ready, right. ready for. Yeah, um, for the main. I'm interested. I'm still. I'm. I'm ready for it. Like, let's go. Like, you. You. You've been playing your whole life. Like, let's. I'm ready for it. Like, chip, chip, yeah. chip. He's also like 19. So yeah, you I, gotta, you gotta <laughs> I don't care. Figure it out, guy. No. Um. No. I just think there's a lot of optimism. Like, and I. This is kind of for all Detroit sports. I know Lions fans are gonna roll their eyes when they say this because you're like, okay, we're 0 and 2. We're gonna play Baltimore. We're gonna get stomped on. But like, at the same time. And I had a really good conversation with a buddy of mine at this Tigers game. Shout out to Big Danny Clavier, um, where you look at Detroit sports as a whole right now, right? And okay, the Tigers, five hundred baseball, right? You feel like you've made significant progress. The Pistons probably have the biggest upside of anybody right now. Yeah. Where you're really like two seasons from now, <laughs> yeah. look out if everything is is the way we want it to go, right? Um I think the wings are kind of in that same spot. I think Eiserman really kind of stepped on the gas a little bit this year and went, all right, enough. Like, let's, let's, yeah. we want to see that Tigers type of turnaround this year with the wings. And I think the Lions are just now entering this rebuild phase where you go, all right, we're finally tearing it down. It mm-hmm. didn't work, right? The Patricia thing was a, was a disaster. And I think that, at least I do, you have some confidence in the leadership that you have in this football team right now where you see the flashes. Like, you saw on Monday night against the Packers, all right, if this team plays like this, they have a chance to win football games, yeah. right? And then you saw the other half of that game where you go, and now you see the youth, you see the mistakes that you can't make in to play winning football. But the point is you have foundational pieces that you you're, can be excited about. Yeah. The offensive line, some of the defensive young players, right? Your secondary could not be younger if you tried, right? Yeah. Like, you know, certain things about it. I just think there should be a lot of optimism about the future of Detroit sports because we've been in the lull for such a long time. I kind of start seeing the light a little bit. I don't know mm-hmm. how you're feeling about it, but like, I'm kind of. It's slowly but surely. It's like a hazy I, gray right now. I see. I see the light for a few. Yeah. But not all. No. Yeah. No. Not not all. I'm like, not saying like they're going to be World Series and like they're going to be like championship contenders yeah. in three years. But what I am saying is that it's you kind of. I just feel like we're kind of getting out of like the. Okay, you're going to be total ass for the next yeah. five years. Like for uh, I see, I see the the hope in the Pistons yeah. and the Tigers. Like in like immediate, right, like right. within the next right because you see it, you're seeing it. Currently. Like I'm seeing it here. Yeah, the wings I'm still waiting on, and the yeah. lines are just starting right. the tear down. Right, so that I'm not. I don't see like yeah 
in the near I just because I, here yeah. the Lions and we're gonna talk about them in a minute anyway yeah. but the Lions the hard part for me is if golf isn't your future right you need to that quarterback out. is like the yeah. major key point yeah and you don't have that key point right in basketball you have Cade yeah that was got, your guy so that was your that was your yeah. quarterback for the team yeah. so you have that piece set so yeah. now you can work around that the Tigers, you you found Casey Mize, and he yep. had some good pitching, right. so you could work around that. Mm-hmm. For me, you don't have that key point on the Lions yet yeah. to work around. Yeah. So that's that's why I'm a little more hesitant yeah. on the Lions. I think the Wings were going to see that this like the way the Tigers played, where they yeah. come on and they look like competent. I think mm-hmm. that's what we're going to hopefully see out of this Red Wing team. So yep. that's that's kind of the hope. Um, speak uh, real quick about the Pistons. You see, Luca Garza got a full just regular NBA contract now. Yeah. Is Livers on the team? Is he or yes. what is is like like on the actual fifteen? Mm-hmm. Oh, he is him, okay. him and Garza. Okay, both. they both. Okay, apparently. So I was I was confused on this. Yeah, I, so yeah, I, talk, I was. I asked I Josh I asked about you. it because Josh knew a lot more than I did. Shout out to Big Josh, Josh man. Is, get, Josh get a lot a of. Lot. We gotta have Josh on the show. We do. Yeah. I told him to come on. And he yeah. said he'll let me know one day. So All right, let's go. We'll have him on. We'll get him on there. Um, but he told me that they signed full. Like I think Garza signed a two year, Liver signed a three year, but they can also play in the affiliate. In oh, the okay. affiliate league, so like they can move them. It's not like a two way, but they can. They still have eligibility to play mm-hmm. in the G League. They're just taking up an actual. But roster they're just spot. taking up also a roster spot. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. That's. I guess that's how it works. Yeah. I could be. We could be totally wrong on that, but that's how, that's the explanation I got. So. Listen, play play your young guys. Let's go chip top yeah. chip. And I I do think that there's there will be a point where like livers and guards will play a lot of minutes near the end of the year. So. Oh yeah, absolutely. So. I'm hoping they work their way into. You know, I think I think Olympic starts the year, plays about till the trade deadline, and yeah. then Garza's like, All right. let me take those minutes for you. Yeah, I think I think Olenek is going to be important for what they want to do. Yeah, but I think Garza does like almost yeah. the exact same thing. Right. So I yeah. think I think if you can get, I think a Olenek's a little bit more athletic than Garza yes. is at this moment in time. Yeah. I think Garza's got to learn to get on his horse a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, I just... Yeah. He's just... He's a big dude, right? And yeah. what he was asked to do at Iowa was sit in the paint and then drift out to three and hit a three every once in a while. Yeah. Where Olenek showed, especially in Houston last year, the ability to move with the basketball in his hands, right? Yeah. To be aggressive at the rim. And I think from a veteran standpoint, you need that for a young basketball team. So, yeah. it's going to be interesting for sure. Pistons are going to have a lot of camp space coming. One more thing about the Pistons, just because I find this interesting. Thoughts on the rumors that they are potentially one of the teams interested in John Wall? I didn't hear that. So okay. I guess well, so nice here, here's how I'm going to frame this, okay? The reason why I... think me on this? No, no, no. no, no. Okay. I will not be happy, but I will understand it. And this okay. is why, okay? So the report is that John Wall wants to be gone, right? Like Houston's tearing it down full build, right? So John Wall, I think, has got like two years, $90 million left on his, on his deal from Washington, right? Okay. Craziness. I think yes. he's played six games since then. Yes. But anyway... The the but the Rockets are going to have to attach multiple first round picks with John Wall yeah. in order for a team to take him. Yes. So I think this is why the Pistons are in on John Wall. It's because they're going to have some cap flexibility, right? Similar to what they did with DeAndre Jordan, but to a way more extreme, where they're basically thinking we can get paid in first round picks to take this guy off their hands, figure out a buyout settlement with John Wall, yeah. cut him. Let him go do whoever. Go let him go rob the bench for the Lakers and join the all the all AARP team, and then, <laughs> and then, and then right and have those future assets. Would you be in favor if they get three first round picks to take John Wall to buy him out? Because I don't think he plays. There's no reason for him to play on this basketball team, right? I don't. I'm low key here. I know it's probably gonna be a little bit of a stretch. I don't think he's good enough to play on this basketball team right now because John Wall sucks. And every time he steps on the court, it's like, and he's hurt. Okay. So I'm initially going to say no. Okay. And here's why. I'm not saying I'm, I'm not necessarily in favor of it. Yeah. I'm just pitching it to if, you. If I if I am as high on Kate as I think I am, which I am very high on. <laughs> you got the jersey. You I have be. the jersey, you so I'm pretty be. high on him. Yeah. If I'm as high as on him, and I also love Shadiq Bay and yeah. Isaiah Stewart yeah. and these I still kind think of guys, Hayes is and Killian Hayes could yeah. do something, yeah. but like he hasn't shown it yet. But I yeah. think he's got stuff. If all these guys hit right away, I don't think in like two or three years you're you're, you're gonna, gonna want to have you're gonna money. need draft. Yeah, yeah. I think you're gonna need more cap than the draft assets. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like I think Cade. Most people are like Detroit. No one wants to really go to Detroit, but I think if Cade is as good as people think that he can be, mm-hmm. I think people look at Detroit and go, 
okay, so you got Cade, you got Shadiq, you got Isaiah Stewart, you got Jeremy Grant, who's playing pretty well. If I go there, like, and I always bring up Jimmy Butler because I think he'd be like a perfect fit. But like, oh, but someone at the two would be so good. But someone, oh someone so of that, good defensively. Someone of that vein of like a Jimmy Butler stash could go. I could go How would there. You say that that's like a that like yeah, that is the perfect. Person. I, I always think of it because I'm like is, he's he fits so well. He plays defense. He plays the two. And but he but he doesn't want to ball so, dominate sorry. like. I, that's it, soft topic. I don't mean to kid you off, but that's just fantastic. Yeah, good, good job. But that's like, great. but like, if if Jimmy Butler saw that lineup yes. of like Jeremy Grant, Cade, Killian Bottle, and goes, I could go there, and us four, five, six could probably make a decent run in the East. Yeah, like that's what I mean. Is yeah. I think you would want that cap to pay Jimmy oh, Butler. Absolutely. Yeah, other sure. than oh, yeah. we have three first round picks. Yeah, but like if they're not going to be, I mean, they might yeah. be lottery. But even yeah. though I don't want to develop a twenty year old when you can go sign a Jimmy right. Butler type player, right? So yeah. I would I would hesitate to that point, yeah. because I want the cap over. Yeah, I just like I just that. found it interesting because because I think they're actually going to be good in like two years. I do then. too, and that and I think that's the that's the conundrum, right? I think yeah. and I think Troy Weaver is I don't the only drawback I think that we're going to have with Troy Weaver if there is one, right? Yeah, is I don't think that he is going to want to spend the money. To bring in that guy, I agree. You know what I mean. I think he is more willing to rely more on the development of the people that he drafts, and he just goes, "We're just going." And and I think in his mind, he's thinking Houston's draft picks will be in love. Maybe we won't, but yeah. Houston will be right. Maybe we fall ass backwards into the number two overall pick for Houston. Yeah, and you know if if they were to do this right, where because yeah. Houston's got so many first round draft picks right now too, right? Because they offset everybody. They tried to get as much capital. They're like Oklahoma City, but not as good, right? Yeah. So it's like you can see. I can understand the logic with I, it. I agree. I understand the logic. Just to yeah. my to my thought as right. of right now yeah. is I think in like two years they're going to be trying to compete and trying to think, get one guy in. Do you think that? Let's say this because nothing's happened, obviously, for anybody for on the John Wall front, right? Do you think that by the trade deadline, if this team is like bad, like this Detroit Pistons team is just turned out, we're like, wow, we're really not seeing yeah. any kind of like hope here. Oh, then this, yes, then, then you, do you do think it. Then you, you think you go maybe it. and you just go listen. May, we we may still turn it around, but let's put some assets in the bank anyway, just in case. Because yes. I think that's what they did with DeAndre Jordan is they went. We needed some second round picks because we tr- moved around to get Shadik and Stewart and everything yeah. like that. Like, let's go get these and move it around. Yeah, and- no, no, I I would agree with that. Is yeah. I think at the trade deadline, if you're like the worst team in basketball or like yeah. bottom three, yeah. I think you're like maybe this isn't working out so well as we yeah. thought. That you you do need to go get another first or two yeah. first round picks. To try to like maybe get that guy to yeah. fill in. But- I would actually see the compensation because then the buyout, right? Then the, you can negotiate a buyout, right? Yeah. Where you know is Houston going to pay you to take him? Like the Nets did to pay. They paid us not only in picks but with cash to take DeAndre Jordan, yeah. right? So it's like, how does? I think it's definitely going to depend on the framework of the deal as well, right? Yeah. I just thought I'd pitch it to you. I, I think I think Cade like is yeah. a big factor. Absolutely, if, if Cade. Yeah, in year two has anywhere close. Not, I want to say Luca numbers because those numbers that's are not just so fair. Ass- yeah, that's not a fair. But like, <laughs> if he's averaging like 24, 25, 6 assists, like if he's yeah. doing his thing, mm-hmm. I think that they can one pull someone in maybe absolutely. And two, yeah, I think he's just good enough with the team that he has. Yeah, that like I don't think you need they're two doing, more first round. They're going to develop these people like it's run out of style. Here's the thing, dude. When you look at this team, and I, I know we didn't plan talking Pistons, but I think it's interesting to think about. When you think about who they have, right, who they've drafted, right? Like, if they can develop all these guys, okay, you got Killian, Cade, and Saban Lee at the point, right? And then you yeah. can kind of rotate that a little bit. You know, Livers and Shadik Bay as your small forwards. You've got Olenek here. You've got Garza and Stewart playing the four and fives. And Jeremy Grant. And Jeremy Grant is here still. It's like, you're like, man, like, where where do you need? And and when yeah. you said Jimmy Butler, I literally just went, oh, my God, that is, like, the most well, cause like, perfect. Because he plays defense, too. That's the other part about it. Yeah. He fits that mold of what Dwayne Casey and Troy Weaver want as a player, right? And as a superstar, he's a quiet leader where he just goes out and he just leads by example. Uber good. Yeah. Good on you, Mike. Good yeah. on you. That's a guy I always just like bring out because I'm like, I think he just Well, like, he's just so underrated. In. Even yeah. in Miami. I don't, you know, like Miami didn't have a great year last year, obviously. They kind of had the regression back to the mean because yeah. they overplayed themselves, I think, in that in the bubble. Mm-hmm. But like at the same time, Jimmy Butler's a very good basketball player. He really carried Chicago there, you know, those last couple years. So yeah. yeah. Anyway, let's uh let's shift focus here. Let's talk some football here. Um 
you know, some of the storylines. I want to add, I want to do a couple things. I want to check in on some guys specifically that we've kind of focused on over the last couple months. Um, and then, you know, just get some overall impressions of the league so far. Um, rookie quarterbacks. We talked about this off air. Zach Wilson has the worst day of his life against uh, Bill Belichick led defense who had a smirk on the sidelines the whole game. Um, you know, Trevor Lawrence pushing the ball, throwing for a lot of numbers. The picks are still there, though, right? So he's having some problems with the turnover aspect of it. Jacksonville is still clearly a bit away. Um, thoughts? You know, Mac Jones looks okay, I guess. Justin Fields didn't look great. Six for 11, 60 yards and a pick. I wouldn't all of a sudden start writing home about that. Mm-hmm. Um, thoughts on the rookie quarterback class, the for the top four guys. Trey Lance we haven't really seen, so I'm not talking about Trey yeah. Lance. But, like, the, the, the ones that we've seen some action out of, is it time to put the panic button on any of these? Because some of these people are like – some people on Twitter are just roasting some of these kids. And yeah. I go, man, they've played eight quarters of NFL football. Let's, yeah. let's, can we give them just a little bit of time? Yeah. Even Joe I, Burrow, well, three picks I in think, Chicago. Um I think that uh, you're seeing – I think the New York situation, I think it's the worst. I think Zach Wilson's struggling pretty massively. Mm-hmm. But also, I would also look at, like, Sam Darnold and then yeah. what he's doing in Carolina right now. Yeah. And I go, that's what he was doing in New York. So I don't know if it's necessarily Zach Wilson or, like, New York – the Jets are just not very good Dude, as a team right now. Talk about a guy that we projected to be good, and he's finally kind of showing up a little bit, Sam Darnold. Yeah. Good for you, I buddy. I mean, 3-0 oh, with a yeah. pretty bad all-line, uh, yeah. okay defense. And McCaffrey's and out. Now you're going to see because McCaffrey's hurt, yeah. so you're really going to see it. But, like, I'm not, I'm not saying Carolina's going to be, like, this perennial team, but, no. like – They might not even make the playoffs. They still I think, may I not. They, just they've had a pretty well. nice little easy opener. I mean, Houston, who they play. Uh, they play the Jets. And they play the Saints. They play the Saints. That's the one that I think you can hang your hat on. A little bit, but yes. anyway, continue. Sorry, I mean, but no. um, but I think I think Zach Wilson's the one where I'm like, yeah, you have not looked good nearly at all. No. But the team isn't very good around you. I uh, I like what Trevor Lawrence is doing because I like that he's just like letting it rip, seeing what. I think it's fun because I think it's like seeing what he can get away with yeah. in the pros, right? Because in college, everything that he's doing, he would just complete yeah. for touchdowns because yeah. they were just so much better than everyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, now you're kind of just seeing like. Okay, can I throw this over the certain corner's head right. into his how much? Basket? How much room is how much enough room, room is enough yeah. room? Like, yeah. I think he's really testing out. I do think in the midst, come like week eight, nine, ten, I think he's going to cut down a lot on the interceptions because yep. once he finishes out this process of what can I throw and not throw, yep. he'll start recognizing, oh, that guy's not really open. Yeah, and he'll start running more. He'll start moving around more. So yeah. I think he'll be fine. It's just this testing out I, foot I think in the too, water process. That's he's a in a weird spot and I don't think we talked about this enough during the offseason but like he's got Urban Meyer coaching him Urban Meyer's never been in the NFL either and, yeah. the, and the quote from him was it's like playing against Alabama every week and I go yeah no kidding guy because yeah. the worst team in the NFL beats Alabama by a thousand so yeah. stop like yeah. you know what I mean um, do you think real quick as we continue on this like do you think Urban Meyer lasts in Jacksonville or do you think he winds up just taking that USC job <laughs> Where he goes, I prefer to play Alabama once a year, not every week. Yeah, um, I th- I think he probably. I would like to like say if they, he if stays. They're, if they're two and fifteen, yeah, at the end of the year, I would like to think he stays. But I think he also probably yeah. just wants to coach. You can a just say he's a piece of shit. You can just say it. that's fine. No, he's not a piece of shit. Yeah, he's a piece of shit. But fine. I think he'll go. To, he'll probably go. Listen, to I'd be fine if he came to Michigan. <laughs> Yeah, I think he'll go to U- I think he'll go to USC. I think that quote was so telling though, because yeah. I was like, "That's really what he thought at Ohio State." He was like, "He was like, yeah." So I have like three games. Yeah, that I, have I to- really have to prepare for. Every other game is just like a walkthrough. Yeah, and that's, that's like, how- so but that's like how good he was as a college coach. Oh yeah, and then like how like hard it is in oh, the yeah, NFL. Absolutely, I guess. no doubt. I don't. I'm not saying he's a bad college coach, but you can definitely tell he's like. Whew. Yeah, he's like, oh, this is different. Also, he doesn't have – he's not, like, coaching, no. like, the Packers or the Niners He also or has a track record of leaving jobs, saying, I'm not – he's he's pulled the Nick Saban how many times? I'm not going to Alabama, and then I'm going to Alabama. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? So but, it happens. Uh, uh, anyway, though. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. He's, I no think he'll worries, be fine. No worries. Not, Are you even worried, worried about yet. Zach Wilson right now? Like, do you want to just I'm, see – like, for me, I'm not necessarily worried if I'm a New York Jet fan, right? I think yeah. that you're seeing two things. Number one – the fact that he didn't play anybody in college, I think, hurts. Right, yes. he didn't have those games against Alabama where he had to really prepare for a, an NFL style defense, right, yeah. and against a coach that's the best ever. Um, and then two, 
you're really seeing the, the the void of talent. And I think he's also kind of doing that thing where he's like, well, let me see what I can do. And some of the reads aren't there. And yeah. I think he's I think he's got to learn to be an NFL quarterback, where I think Trevor Lawrence was much further away in that process yeah. than Zach. Zach Wilson is had the – him and Trey Lance both, I think, are the two guys we went, okay, they're going to have to learn yeah. how to – Dissect the defense, defense. Yeah. figure out the coverage, yeah. and find Zach the open Wilson, man. I am the most worried for, but yeah. I think he, I think he can figure it out. Like if yeah. I was a Jets fan, I would yeah. go. Like if he was on the lines right now, I would go. Okay, I see the arm talent, mm-hmm. I see the mobility, yeah. I see everything I want in him. Right. He just isn't winning. We got to be smart. He's got to be smart with the ball. He's just not good enough. The team's not good enough to yeah. win oh yet. My God. But like, Kim Edgar is here with this receiving core. Blech. Gross. I mean, his isn't. Like no, no, it's not either. But, I know I'm, I'm saying, but um, I mean, Khalif Raymond. Wolf. Uh, uh, okay, so let's just focus. So Mac Trey Jones, Lance, yeah. who cares? Mac Jones. Uh, no, let's go Justin Fields first. Oh, okay. Because I like I, I Justin Fields gets his first start mm-hmm. um, yesterday. <laughs> talking in the present <laughs> past tense. Talking in the present past tense. He gets his first yeah. start yesterday. Throws six picks. And gone throws, and <laughs> um, I liked what he's done in the first two oh, games. God. So I guess we'll see what he does against yeah. who's he playing? Cincinnati. Uh, see what he does against since interesting. No, it's not Cincinnati. It's Cleveland. Cleveland. Let's see what he does against <laughs> Cleveland. Good luck, dude. But it's game. gonna be it's gonna be a fun time. That's the um, that's the worst game he can. But I think I think he's looked good like throwing the ball. Like I think he he can, yeah. he sees the field pretty well. Um, he can make just about any throw you can. I think he's gonna have some growing pains as well though. He yeah, and here's why though, in, in my opinion, right is that he is in a not great situation. Like, everyone's like, oh, the Bears want to get Justin Fields, right? That what does that do for them? And the reality is, it's like, Justin, if you're Justin Fields, you're like, oh, shit, I'm going to the Bears. And here's why. You have an old defense that's just getting older and slower. You got a coach that if you don't make the playoffs this year, it's probably going to get fired along with your GM, right? Allen Robinson, he's gone after this year. Yeah. So, you ha- like, Fields is really going to be on an island by himself there, even if he plays well, where mm. you go, what? What am I doing? You know what I mean? Yeah. You're going to basically go to a rebuilding team in two years, and you're like, oh, shit. You yeah. know what I mean? So I feel bad for the kid, quite frankly, yeah. more than anything. But I think he's going to play okay. I don't think he's – I think you're going to see the flashes. Mm-hmm. But I also think you're going to see where you go, oh. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I thought his interception last week was like one of those, oh, that's mm-hmm. not – you know, it's in Ohio State anymore. You yeah. know? And I think, I think he will have the best transition in a long time for Ohio State quarterbacks, though. Haskins was rough. You know, JT Barrett didn't get yeah. a chance. Troy Smith was bad. All these other guys where you go, Ugh. like, I think he is. I think he's going to be the one, like. To buck that trend. So, yeah, I think he's going to be the one. I think yep. there's a couple after that. Like, if someone drafts, like, CJ Stroud and stuff, yeah. like, I don't know if those guys are going to pan out no. either. But I think he's going to be the one that you go, he broke the mold yep. of the Ohio State quarterbacks yep. complete as. Like, I think, um, who's uh, who's the Alabama guy that broke the mold? Uh, Jalen Hurts, I think, has played pretty well. Uh, he kind of broke the mold too. Has not shown a lot. And Mac yeah. Jones has played fine, but I yeah. think like there was like the one guy who broke the Alabama mold. I think he's gonna break the Ohio State mold at least for a year. Yeah. I think you're gonna have that one. Yeah, guy I think, yeah, I think he's gonna look okay. I think he's gonna look like a rookie at the end of the day. Yeah. I think that's really the end. I just I want to talk about a. You're a quarterback guy, right? You're a, we're always so hyper focused on and the lot as yeah. right now. I've never been paying attention more to quarterbacks from a college perspective because we don't know who the Lions' quarterback's gonna be. But like, yeah, I do think hopefully it's, no one from college right now. Malik Willis, baby, it's coming. Sorry, I'm just joking. But uh, no, I do. And then you know, we'll, we'll go back to this podcast in like not what is it, eight months. Yeah, from exactly. Day and I'm like, yep, Malik Willis is the guy, guys. No, but um, you know, it's just interesting to check in on these guys, right? Because everyone expects these guys to come in and ball out, but like even these, guys, you know, it's funny. We always tend to forget the quarterbacks that always had the best success, like coming right out of this, right? It doesn't happen right away. Like Mahomes sat for a year. Lamar sat for half a year. You know what I mean? Like some of these guys had a little bit of time to come in and develop a little bit. You know what yeah. I mean? So I just got to give these cats some time. All right, I want to talk. I want to talk Lions here real fast. I'm not going to talk about the results. That speaks for itself. But I do want to talk about a couple things organizationally. Uh, number one, let's talk this Jamie Collins situation. So Dan Campbell coming out basically saying, uh, yeah. So Alex Anzalone, he does. Um, you know, he, you can tell he's trying hard every day. Is there a different level of effort for – sorry, we, we had like a light flicker here in the studio here. <laughs> I thought we were losing all power. That would have sucked. Um, you know, Anzalone plays hard every down, and you can tell he's given max effort. Jamie Collins puts forth, quote-unquote, a different type of effort. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there, that's a thing. Um, 
So and now it, the the news is out that Jamie Collins is on the trade block officially, and they've had some talks with teams, and you know that that's going to be a thing. So and he is out. He was or he was out for the Baltimore Ravens game. Derek Barnes' time is now, thankfully. Um, thoughts, Mike, on Jamie Collins? Shockingly, not working out in Detroit. Said nobody ever. Uh, I mean, I'm like. I'm happy they're cutting bait now. Yeah, yeah. I'm a little shocked because I liked him and he played well last year. Yeah, it's like weird. It's like I'm kind of, well because they restructured his deal too. So I was like, oh, he's definitely going to be here for the next two years. But yeah. I think I think they're just kind of sick of him jogging after Aaron Jones is fast person and you yeah. just watch him score five touchdowns and you go, hey, maybe you want to put forth some effort here, guy? A little yeah. help. Uh, like yeah, anything at least. Yeah, I'm always a big fan. A five-two defense. Okay, you only got two linebackers back there. Someone's got to get the running. Back. <laughs> You know what I mean? Alexander's like, a bitch. I, I saw like oh, I saw God. the play where like he outran him, and Alexander's yeah. alone. He went, "You want to go get him?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Jamie's like, "Yeah, I guess." Yeah, he's like, oh, "Let me jog." Because he's a freak athlete. Dude. That's the yeah. frustrating part, I think, for for Dan Campbell is that, and I think it's refreshing. I don't know if it's necessarily. We're just gonna find out if it's good to call out veteran players like that. But I think in this case, where he goes, "Screw it, he's gone anyway." Why not? We have a guy who we think is ready to go. Screw this guy. He's not putting forth any effort. So I think it's a refreshing take if you're Dan Campbell. Yep. Um, but I think it's just frustrating because he's an athletic freak. Yep. And I hope, he's just not. And I'm not going to lie. I hope Derek Barnes works out because I love Derek Barnes. Gotch style pile driver on Lamar Jackson. It's happening. I'm telling you right so. now. He's going to go in. He's going to so fly to the it's ball. It's a spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Already yeah. have seen it yeah, yeah we wouldn't have seen it by the time you guys hear it. But you're going to see first quarter Derek Barnes pile driver. Yeah, uh, on the ESPN him. stats, right, and then the backup he's gonna, quarterback. He's gonna no. Yards. He's <laughs> the thing is, he's gonna knock the illness right out of Lamar Jackson. Yeah, exactly. And, and he's gonna like, be a hard. Oh, I'm totally good now. And then yeah. he runs for seven thousand yards. Yeah. It's great. Um, I do also want to talk about Dan Campbell specifically. Here, um, I made a post on Facebook after the after the Monday night game, you know, and I I made the the comment basically I said the reservations about Dan Campbell as a leader and as a coach and everything like that. I think as of this moment. In early in this tenure, right? I don't think you can say Dan Campbell has made a wrong move from a, from mm-hmm. a game calling perspective, right? I think that he's gone for it on fourth downs. He's been aggressive, right? They have they have acknowledged the fact that their margin of error is razor slim, mm-hmm. and he has embraced the fact that he is not going to tolerate the like the getting used to losing and all this other crap and, and, and the penalties and stuff. Cause you can tell in silence he's getting frustrated and you can tell he, cause he knows that we're beating ourselves. Right. I do not have a current problem right now. And I don't know how you feel, but I think Dan Campbell has done everything right as Lions head coach through two weeks of the season. I yeah. think they need to start rewarding him for going for it on fourth and one and converting one of these every once in a while for the love yeah. of God. But the fact that he is going for it, the fact that we're not settling for field goals, the fact that he is being aggressive and saying, no, we need to score. We need to put points up. We need to do these things in order to win. I have been very impressed with what Dan Campbell has done so far. Yeah. I've, uh, I liked the fact that he rec- like he won't say it, but he recognizes they're not very good, yeah. and I think it gives him because I think the problem I guess there are like yeah. thousands of problems that Patricia had, yeah. But yeah, I think one of them that's was a, that's a five I think, hour I think, podcast. I think, I think the I think <laughs> Patricia's I'm not, I can't even say main problem too. That's kind of weird. No, but one, one Patricia problem was. Yeah. That his team that he acquired from Caldwell was, was a playoff like, team. Was a playoff team. Yep. So it was like you can't make mistakes. No. Like you like You're here this, to take us over the top. Yeah, but it's like if this is a questionable fourth down, you probably punt it or you probably yeah. kick the field goal because we can't afford right. to, for you to make that mistake, go for it, and then lose the game because you went for it or whatever. Yeah. I think Dan Campbell's actually in a nicer situation where it's like you're probably not gonna win this game anyway, so go for it. Why well, not give like, yourself the best chance to succeed? Like if he was if, the, if he was coaching like a like a 49ers team yeah. and he would make some of these calls, I'd be a little worried because I'm like, you're going really? for it, but like this is a team that you could beat. Mm. So why not? Like I think if you're a really good like if the Chiefs when they play their yeah. games or whatever, when they like kick field goals and stuff, I'm like, that's probably smart because once you get the ball back, you're gonna score again anyway. Yeah. But when the Lions, when you're not a good team, I'm like, yeah, go for it. Yeah. Because I, you you have nothing to lose because yeah. you're predicted to yeah. lose by 12 points to this right. team. So what's the point? I know? just I have just been really impressed with his game management. I also want to give a huge shout out to Anthony Lynn. I think Anthony Lynn, our offensive coordinator, yeah. has done a phenomenal job. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at that first half against Green Bay; they were 16 and 16, I think, or pretty yeah. close. To run pass. 
That's pretty damn impressive. I mean, yeah. we, when's the last time you've seen that kind of balance out of a Lions offense? When was the last time you saw a Lions offense that had a run game? No kidding. Stafford Leach, fourth in the league in run. Yeah. How does that happen, right? But that's what I'm saying. I just, you know, I get it. They're not winning, and I understand that. Like, how can you be touting a, a coaching staff that's not winning? But I will say this. I, at the end of the day, you mean to tell me right now that you don't feel like this team is coaching better mm-hmm. and is not handling situations better yeah you know what i mean than that in the previous regime did i don't know how you can't say that they're not they're taking the they're not taking the foot off they're not settling for three they're not doing these things and patricia should have been the guy where okay you're on the opponent's 40 yard line no we're gonna go for this because you have a quarterback you had talent and you wasted it and tore it down Mm -hmm. at least dan campbell's going listen fourth and one it's on the 30 yard line we're gonna go for this and we're gonna get it now they need to start converting yeah but I am I am more than pleased with the way they've handled it. I am more than pleased with their clock man. Everything they've done so far this year through two games as of this recording, I think Dan Campbell has done everything he has been expected to do. Mm-hmm. This talent level, clearly not there. But, like, I've been very, very happy with what I'm seeing so far. And I hope that trend continues as the team, hopefully, for the love of God, gets better. Because, whoa. Basically, just that defense. Yeah, I know. There's just there's, I can I can live with what the offense. Yeah, do, their doing. linebacking core is just yeah. Abysmal. Like I can live with what the offense is doing because they're doing like fine. Yeah, I know. Like they're moving the ball. I mean, what, I thought and I, rushing, you know, yeah. they're, they're, I thought they're fine in passing. Actually, like, the first fine. half, I thought did a nice job. I know they couldn't stop the run very well, but like you held the Packers to 14 points at the half. Yeah, I think that's a pretty damn good achievement, right? The problem is, is that when Malafon got hurt. The wheels fell off, right? And that's the problem I think the Lions are having is that when one mistake happens, yeah. they can't allow it to turn into two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah. And that's what's happened over two weeks. They throw the pick six against San Francisco. Then the game goes crazy, right? They Packers had that big on big third down. They had three straight third down conversions where you go, you got to get off the field, right? Yeah. It's the youth and everything else. They, I, they, you know, they, they look like a Madden team. They do. When, when you throw that pick yep. and you're down 7-0, yep. and then you get stressed because you're like, I have to make a play uh-huh. to like get back in the game. Because uh-huh. like, if you're counting possessions, yeah, you're like, you're like, like, you're like, quarters, you're like six, yeah, there's not enough time, uh-huh. so you have to force something. And then you just keep like – then you like try to – Throw a deep pass, it gets picked off, off, and then they and then they go down the field. It's like man, like it's just mistake after yep. mistake because yep. you're trying it's, to. It unravels. Yeah, yeah, it unravels so fast. And that's to, to Campbell's point though, where he said our margin of error is slim. We can't do the little things wrong because that's how we lose, right? And so when you have that deep pass on third down that gets completed with Malafon, had great coverage by the way. It's just you know just a better throw, and then. You know, okay, so Green Bay scores, and then you don't respond, right? And then you fumble the snap, and then it's the little things where you go, oh, God, like, here it comes. That's the stuff that's going to get cleaned up, and I have confidence that it's going to. Like, I am – I think I saw a different team last week than I did this week or two weeks ago. I, yeah. You know what I mean? Maybe maybe they can hold on to the Baltimore, but they got to lead into the third quarter, then they blow it. And then yeah. the next game is they hold on to the fourth quarter, then they blow it. And then maybe that, that sixth game, whoever they play, I don't know, it's like – Maybe they don't make enough mistakes until the end of the game where they finally win one. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> they just keep kicking the can down the road of yeah. before they blow it. <laughs> yeah, I, that's what I hope. I, I don't know. It's oh, up. Lord. Um, other news and notes, though, going around the NFL. Give me a team right now that you are concerned about. Give me a okay, team, right, that you're like, oh, they, they don't even have to be 0 and 2, right? Yeah. They can be they can be 2 and 0 even if you if you really want it to be, right? Is there a team Compared to where you thought their expectations were that you go, ooh. And we're going to kind of do this kind of periodically, just doing a check-in on, on stuff around the league. Um, is there a team, though, that you should be concerned about or a team that nobody's talking about that maybe they should? Because, like, I'm, no, if I, I'm not ready to believe in the Carolina Panthers. Sorry, I'm just not. Like, you know what I mean? Uh, the 3-0, yeah. I get that, but, like, meh. Uh, concerned. Yeah. I would be very concerned about the Colts. Yeah, they're really I, making they're, me look like a jackass right now, like hardcore. I still think they win the division, but I'm going to see today. I think I think if you want like a low key worried about, yeah. but I'm not really worried about, but like a low key is a Chargers because that loss to Dallas kind of sucks, and then they play the Chiefs <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> so who knows how that went? But 
I'm, I'm assuming for 12 touchdowns. Of course, you just look like an idiot. Yeah, no. <laughs> but according, according to my parlay, I put down the other yeah, day, uh, the Chiefs are probably going to win t- uh, yesterday. <laughs> and so if the Chiefs win, you're a one and two team, and you're going up against with teams that possibly are three and zero, oh, like Vegas mm-hmm. or the Chiefs, who just have a game above you now, who are two and one. And you're just kind of like, I thought you'd be a pretty locked playoff team, and now you're like, we have to win games, yeah, like soon, soon to get there. Joe Lombardi, dude, he sucks. Um, I never think it's Joel and Barney. I, I, not really, but I just meh. Yeah. It's fine. Um, real quick too. Um, is there a team? Is there out of the undefeateds right now? Okay, I, I out, already... out, out of the undefeateds. Okay, what team lasts the longest? Oh, lasts the longest yeah. as undefeated. Like, as undefeated, right? Because no one's gonna go. Everyone thought the Chiefs were gonna make grow seventeen. No, look how that worked out. Um, <laughs> no one's talking about blowing that game. Just saying, Patrick yeah. Mahomes. What? No way. Um, uh-huh. Anyway, as you were gifted two touchdowns by Lamar Jackson, throwing right to the defense, but it's okay. Um, but is there a team right now that's left that's undefeated? Who's undefeated right now? So you got Carolina, uh, Vegas, the Rams, the Bucks, Denver, Denver. Jeez. Okay. Um, is that it? No, there's. I think there's seven. Uh, 49ers. 49ers. And Arizona. Oh, yeah. There's Arizona. just everyone in that in yeah. NFC was outside of Seattle. So. <laughs> I can't imagine. <laughs> You guys didn't see it on the line, but I definitely gave Mike a look, and Mike's just like, I don't know what you want me to tell you. Like, <laughs> yeah. Derrick Henry's good, my yeah. bad. That everyone can just slow down to 50 oh, yards, yeah. I guess. Great. Um, anyway, so out of those seven. Yeah. Who uh, lasts longest? Who lasts longest? Okay. Knowing um, full well that we don't know who wins this week's games. I was going to say, <laughs> what if they all lose? Oh, God. Um, I'm going to go winner. Carolina okay. wins by default because they played on Thursday. <laughs> winner, winner of Bucks Rams lasts longest. Okay. I think that's. A I, I can't because I yeah. I, I can't right. give you a distinct winner there. I can't Whoever either. wins that game right. will be the longest. Yeah. Because I don't think they're like if Tampa wins, I'm like who else? Yeah. Is no going to beat them? Right. To be honest, yeah. like I don't think they play anyone that's like good enough. To so beat they play them. the Packers this year? Did Tampa play the Packers this year at all? On like one of those uh, weird crossover games? No, I don't no? think so. Darn. Okay. Just wanted to see if Rogers get pwned again, uh, but it's fine. No, it just happened in the playoffs <laughs> when they're the two six. <laughs> Or something. <laughs> I know it's great. Uh, it makes me happy on the inside, but yeah, I think I think you're probably right on that. I, I would say so. I'm gonna say Bucks because I think the Bucks slightly beat the Rams today. Yeah. Or yesterday. Whatever. Are you concerned at all about the Bucks? Real fast, just because talking about the champs here for a second. Sean Murphy Bunting's out, right? JPP's hurt. Antonio Brown's out with COVID right now. Now some of these are more intermediate. Sean Murphy Bunting got legitimately hurt. Like yeah. that was bad. Um, are you concerned at all about Tampa? Because, you know, Atlanta gave him a run at the end of that game last week, right? Where And yeah. then it completely – the score doesn't show it because Matt Ryan threw back-to-back pick sixes. Yeah. Neither one were really necessarily his fault, but I digress. Um, are you concerned at all about the defending champions? Because, A, they're not necessarily spring chickens anymore, number one. They're kind of old. And, number yeah. two, the injuries are starting to kind of I, I, come I rear mean, their ugly head a little bit. For me, I think the Bucks will be fine. I mean, yeah. here's here's why I think is they're in the same – They have the another Chiefs great coaching are. staff too, though. Man, yeah. Todd Bowles is great. Yeah, like they're in the same boat the Chiefs are where I think yeah. they'll be – name their record. They're going to be somewhere over 12 wins yeah. by the end of the year. They're mm-hmm. going to be a one or two seed, and then they're going to play – Whoever their division or wild card games are, they're going to dismantle. Their only games that the Chiefs and Bucks are really looking at is their championship games. Yeah, I think the Bucks are probably looking on the Rams in their mm-hmm. championship game, probably yeah. unless something happens with the Rams drastically. Right, and then the Chiefs are probably looking down. I hope Baltimore, but yeah. or probably Buffalo or, or Buffalo, Buffalo or yeah. or someone like the Cleveland even or something mm-hmm. like they'll get someone like that. But those are the only teams that probably scare yeah. them at all. You know, they're going to be twelve and five. They'll be fine. Um, any concern, any concern about the Packers? I just thought about this as we were talking because the Packers played not very well against Detroit last week, right? Mm-hmm. They didn't. They obviously didn't play well against the Saints. I know Rodgers is all up in his feelings right now about the media telling him like how bad they are and all that crap. But I have not seen a good Green Bay Packers. That, well, that was not a good game that um, they played against Detroit well, last week. Again, we're going to keep saying this in the past tense, yeah. but they played the Niners yeah, on Sunday know. Night Football. I know. And then they played the Pittsburgh Steelers I know. the week after. So there's a strong chance. If they're 1-3. in three. Three. Yeah. And, I mean, they're going to win the NFC North because who else is going to win it? But Correct. Because Minnesota blows. We suck. Bears suck. Yes. So, like, but, like, this is their last dance, and you're gonna go ten and six, ten and seven, yeah, <laughs> ten and seven, whatever, right? Oh, ten and seven, I mean, and then get annihilated by the Bucks in the first round. Interesting. 
Interesting. Just wanted to bring that up there. Just a little bit, just to shoot my and shot. And then he's going to go to Denver or Cleveland. Did you see that about Canada? that? Where I know this podcast just keeps going, but it's fun. Uh, where he wanted to go to San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine if Rob, dude, first off, your staff, you go, God damn it. Like, (laughs) (laughs) like I already got Russ I got to deal with. And now I got to worry about this schmuck coming in too. Now, granted, those games would have been fire. Yeah. But still, staff would have been like, maybe I should have gone to Carolina. Shit. Yeah. Uh, But that's just an interesting little tidbit there. That would have been. That would be wild. Yeah. I mean, they, the 49ers, if healthy, maybe Mm -hmm. could go. 17 now. <laughs> yeah, good lord. I don't know. Him and Kittle about. together alone. Him and Kittle, like, and then you got that Debo defense, and Ayuk and that defense. I still think you – I'm still not shocked he wouldn't want to go to somewhere like Denver. They have so many weapons. They, yeah, you know, they it's do. Just, that's, a, that's another team. And they have, like, a good defense. Like, yeah, kind of right, exactly. Yeah, interesting. But, all right, that's going to be it for this week's show, guys. I think we would delayed it long enough. Um, once again, guys, make sure you guys go to SwiftLifestyles.com. Use our code ALWAYSRIGHT for 15% off. Get the official I'm Always Right Sports Podcast Energy Drink Flavor Motor City Blue Raspberry. Um, go to the I'm Always Right PC.com to get, buy the official T-shirt. Help support the show in any way you can. Also, guys, once again, I just want to say a big thank you to everybody. Um, you know, the last couple months, this show has really been popping off, and we really appreciate everybody taking their time uh, to listen to the shows, going back and listening to the shows in the archives just to tell us that we're wrong or that we're right and everything else in between. So we really appreciate it. Uh, continue the support. Uh, we really appreciate everything you guys are doing for us, and we hope to hit 10,000 plays for the year. Uh, you know, we're at the end of September here. We're hoping we can hit that milestone for us. So once again, thank you so much, and that's going to be it. On behalf of the Missing Whale Man, he's the Merck's on Mike Merkel. I'm the Mouth of Michigan, Robin Dyke, and we will see you guys, as always, next time.